0: This is Backstory. I'm Brian Bellow. I'm Ed Ayers. And I'm Peter Onof. Today on the show, we're marking the 15th anniversary of the Clinton impeachment
1: with a look at the way sex scandals have been understood throughout American history.
0: Let's turn
2: now way back to the beginning of the Republic, when scandalous information moved a little bit differently than it does now. On a fall night in 1792, screams rang out in the darkness at the elite Virginia home of Randolph Harrison. The screams came from Harrison's teenage cousin, Nancy Randolph, who was visiting the Harrison estate along with her sister and brother-in-law, Richard. The whole household woke up and ran up to Nancy's guest room to see what was the matter. But the door was bolted. Her brother-in-law, Richard, and a slave were inside. When Richard came out, he said Nancy was just feeling under the weather. The next morning, Nancy said that she was better and everything was fine. But it wasn't. A scandal was brewing. The Harrison slaves began to spread rumors that Nancy had given birth that night. They said the child had been murdered and that Richard had disposed of the body on a woodpile. Even worse, Richard was pegged as the child's father, the seducer of his own sister-in-law. The rumors spread quickly through elite Americans' letters. It was a tabloid story in a pre-tabloid world sex, infidelity, and murder. And it threatened the honor of one of the most influential and well-connected families in Virginia. Clearly, the Randolphs needed to do some damage control. Backstory producer Andrew Parsons tells us what happened next.
1: In the spring of 1793, 22-year-old Richard Randolph had problems. He was struggling to run the plantation he had inherited and prove his worth as an upstanding Virginian, He had already dropped out of three elite universities, and now people were calling him a murderer and an adulterer. Historian Chris Doyle says Richard tried an early version of PR, a letter to the public, in the Virginia Gazette. He
0: said in the newspaper that he would prefer a gentleman to um, state charges against him publicly, and then he could challenge him to a duel. And in the absence of that, he says he'll even conduct a public debate in letters to the editor of the Virginia Gazette, and he will repudiate any charges that anybody wants to make against him.
1: Honor was everything in the 1790s, and Richard was willing to die to defend it. The problem was, no one was accusing him in public. The story was being whispered behind closed doors. So with no one to duel or debate, Richard went to plan B. He'd go down to the county courthouse and turn himself in trusting he'd be exonerated.
0: It's a terrible plan. (laughs) It's it's really an awful plan. But he's not left with a, a
1: clean solution to this problem. Richard was promptly arrested. And after a week in jail, he was hauled into court to defend himself against the charge of murder and infidelity. By this point, much of elite Virginia had been following the scandal, so there was an audience in the courtroom, and Richard came prepared to dazzle them. You know, he was lawyered up really, really well when he came into this case,
0: basically assembling a legal dream team in the 1790s. The living legend, Patrick Henry, and the other, the other member of his defense team was, was John Marshall, of all people, the guy who would go on to become the chief justice of the Supreme Court. I mean, who wouldn't kill to have these two guys in your, in your corner defending you? Richard
1: seemed pretty guilty. He was in the room when Nancy was heard screaming. He was seen leaving the house with a baby. And there was even blood on the woodpile where he supposedly dumped the body. But he had one thing going for him. Who was doing the accusing? One group was slaves. They were considered untrustworthy and were barred from taking the stand in Virginia anyway. The other was women, and the lawyers made it clear that they were just gossips. When one of Nancy and Richard's cousins, Mary Page Randolph, took the stand to testify that she knew Nancy was pregnant, Patrick Henry just painted her as a sneak. She peeked through a
0: keyhole into Nancy's bedroom to watch her undress to see that, in fact, she was pregnant. And Henry had a field day with this. He asked Paige, which eye did you look through the keyhole with? And the whole courtroom burst out laughing. And then he said, good God, deliver us from eavesdroppers.
1: It was a bizarre trial, considering Richard never would have been there if he hadn't turned himself in to clear his reputation. In the end, the judges cleared him of any wrongdoing. But it didn't change anything. Most people still thought Richard was guilty. Even Thomas Jefferson, secretary of state at the time and related by marriage to the Randolphs, wrote to his daughter Martha that he thought Richard was guilty.
0: You know, when you have Thomas Jefferson writing letters to his daughter saying that, that he thinks Richard is a, is a seducer, this is not going to go over well in a, in a state where basically all the elite people know each other, and Thomas Jefferson's
1: word counted for a lot. Richard Randolph continued to be ostracized and struggled to maintain his plantation. He only lived a few more years and died at the age of 26 after battling a severe fever. In his will, he made it clear that he wanted nothing to do with Virginia's planter elite. He freed all of his slaves, leaving his wife Judith with almost nothing. So it's almost as if, if
0: Richard can't get back into the club of elite Virginian slaveholders, he's going to, as a, as a parting gesture, disassociate with them completely and, and accuse them of hypocrisy and tyranny.
1: So did Richard actually commit murder and infidelity? In 1814, nearly 20 years after the scandal, Nancy Randolph wrote a very public letter setting the record straight. She confessed she had been pregnant, but not by Richard. It was his younger brother Theo who was the father, and Theo died just months before the incident. She also said Richard helped cover up not a birth, but a miscarriage on that night in October 1792. Chris Doyle says it isn't clear whether this is the final word, but that's not what really matters anyway.
0: I don't think we're ever going to really know what happened in that manor house in October of 1792. And what matters in this particular case isn't so much who did what, how the parties tried to create truth.
1: And the truth that leaders like Thomas Jefferson saw was bigger than the scandal itself. An irresponsible, spoiled kid like Richard Randolph really represented an uncertain future.
0: There's a real question in Virginia about whether the traditional Virginia gentry, those 40 famous families that monopolized politics, whether those families were equipped to rule anymore. And here was a young guy who seemed like he was way out of his depth as a 21, 22-year-old guy trying to run a tobacco plantation by himself. Uh, He didn't seem to have a good handle on his slave labor force or on the women
1: under his charge. It was a sort of kids these days concern. But at the dawn of a new nation, that mattered. After all, I mean, it's, it's going
0: to be this generation, this young generation of Virginians, who allegedly were supposed to solidify the Republican experiment in Virginia and the United States. You needed a moral, virtuous elite and a moral virtuous electorate to make a republic run successfully. And Richard was a very disturbing and worrying sign to older people like Jefferson.
1: And if elites like Richard Randolph couldn't keep it together, then who would run the country after the founders were gone? Andrew Parsons is one of our producers.